and welcome to our ninth episode of A Slice of Culture. I'm Jacob Pellegrino, and I'm here with my co-host, Shabazz Babul. What's up? Today we found some really interesting stuff to talk about, and we're going to start off with something that the Spotify CEO, Daniel X, said recently that also really broadly relates to the state of music today. He recently said that the solution for artists to make money off streaming in today's environment is um, not at the fault of companies like Spotify, and that it shouldn't be solved by raising the small smaller royalties or giving more people an opportunity to be placed on a playlist. But he contends that these musicians should be putting out more music just however they can, and that you know, they can't expect to do well if they're not if they're putting out an album once every four years. But if you listen to our last episode, then you know that as musical purists, we believe that quantity is not better than quality. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather hear my favorite artists uh, put out an album like every two, three, even four years, as long as it's high quality, rather than him just put out something every year and then just me being constantly disappointed by the lack of quality songs. And especially nowadays, the music just as a whole, especially uh, the most listened to genre in the world being hip hop, there's so much hip hop in today's music, not just from one artist, but just overall. Um, everyone thinks they can be a rapper nowadays, which isn't a bad thing, but it's provided an overabundance of low quality hip hop music to the point where even average rappers are seemingly becoming these gods because their music's just better than, you know, below average. Yeah. Well, I definitely. I mean, the thing is, there's such music's become so democratized where anyone can do it with so little. So we can see these new expressions that bring some really interesting people to the table. But at the same time, especially within rap, because you just need to record your voice and have a beat. If, if you're making just a lower quality one, it's very easy to do that. Like so much effort can go into a quality one, but so many people just recently, especially with rap, just record, you know, something Absolutely. random. You buy, you buy a $30 mic from Amazon, you spend $50 on some software, and boom, there you go. You're, you're good to go for less than $100, which, I mean, obviously you can make back through streaming, but to make $100 on, say, Spotify, if you really, really, really wanted to do the math, uh, let me just run the numbers real quick. You would have to get something like uh, close to 35,000 streams, right? Yeah. Just to Point. make that money back, which is a lot of, you know, that's a lot of people listening to your music. Yeah. I mean, there's such an overload now that it's hard to get to what's good. And... You know, everyone complains that stuff's not how it was, but 
They yeah, don't bother. Especially, like, see. old heads and, like, yeah. people who like to think they're geniuses when it comes to rap music. They're always complaining about how rap's not the same anymore and it's gotten soft and it's gotten uh, bad. It's gotten too whatever. Um, but it's mainly because these people aren't, the artists aren't making money like they used to be. Yeah. Well, Labels these, take so much money from these artists. And then on top of that, yeah. streaming is like the one thing they can get money from. And streaming services don't even pay them that much per stream. Yeah. Well, it's just these people aren't actually looking when they make these criticisms of things not being the same. Like they ask for something and then look somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. I know there's a line off of um, Hood Politics from To Pimp a Butterfly where Kendrick Lamar says how. Um, Critics say that they miss when hip hop was rapping, but -hmm. if they really did, Killer Mike would be platinum. Yeah, exactly. These people aren't aren't looking. People who are severely underrecognized, even today, there are rappers who are more old style, and they don't get the same amount of plays as guys like Lil Baby and Gunna because those guys are more mainstream, and that's what people like apparently nowadays. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it's personal preference, but there's just so much music out there that you may never, ever hear of this one dude who you may really, really like, which uh, I think is kind of scary. Well, and right now it's such a difficult time because the way music is, uh, in the past, artists could make money off of physical album sales. Mm -hmm. And that still happens to an extent, but... You know, nobody's buying CDs, and the audience for vinyl, especially among different genres, is much less than streaming. And yeah, and simply we've put, seen these artists, people, we've seen artists have, just like tag on uh, digital album sales with merch, yeah. right? Just to just to get some sort of digital album sale, and because again, they don't make money off the merch. Labels yeah. make money off the merch. Well, I mean, they have to tour. Touring is really what makes money, and right now they can't. Yeah, Um, and J. Cole said it best when he was talking about the younger generation of rapping. Um, I'm going to paraphrase. He said something along the lines of uh, never quit touring because that's that's how you sell your music. That's the only way you sell your music. I mean, that's like... There's so many people who for years didn't do that as much. I mean, you have musicians like Tom Waits and there's other people who take this reclusive sort of viewpoint and don't tour, but they're also losing out on a lot of money that's on the table. I mean, you have bands like Grateful Dead who even before streaming toured and made a lot of money on these tours just because of how well known they were for their live act. I think that's yeah, and you, know, you have COVID's performers gone. who are like super dedicated to their performances, right? Like they put in all this work yeah. to be super innovative and uh, super fun live, so that um, not only do they sell out. Like I don't think uh, I think we can all agree that Drake doesn't need any help selling out tours, but Drake's yeah. still one of those guys who's going to constantly do something new at every concert it's not just going to be him on a stage at the south side of the building just rapping at you on like a rectangular stage with like nobody else on it 
right? Because uh, Scorpion Tour saw him with the projection uh, stage, and he had all these cool uh, uh, simulated images. He had all this pyrotechnics. You see Post Malone do a lot of pyrotechnics. Um, same with Meek Mill. Uh, J. Cole's most famous for his uh, For Your Eyes Only setup with his orange jumpsuit and all the security cameras around him on a small little stage in the middle of every arena. Um, so that that plays a big part. But all of that, again, is artist investment. They they are investing that money so that they can get a return on it plus profit when you buy tickets oh, yeah. to their show. And these these concerts also drive personal engagement with fans because they can really hear the artists as they talk about why they mm-hmm. wrote their songs and all these and things. Not a lot of artists do that anymore, which kind of pisses me off. Like if I go to a concert, I don't just want to hear you like perform live. Like obviously that's, that's nice. And I love that part, but I want to hear, like I want some insider information. Yeah. You know? And that's what well, I think like the great artists are really good at doing. Um, like, Out of the people I've seen, the people who do the best job at talking about their music or at least providing some sort of like in concert entertainment to give background about their music are uh, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole and Post Malone. Like those three guys go all out when it comes to um, talking about their songs. Um, And then Kendrick does this kind of like. He does like it more in like an entertainment movie TV show style, which is completely different than Colin Post, who just like who really enjoy just talking and having a conversation uh, at their shows. Yeah, I mean, those are the concerts I remember where they're really talking about. I mean, I mean, as a lot of people know, Bob Dylan is one of my favorite musicians. and I went and saw him at a um, festival and um where they do coachella and i love bob dylan i love his music but this is like the night after he got the nobel prize Mm. and he's black and white video for the camera of his back you're not seeing his face it's just his back and he doesn't say a word that's not the songs he's playing he doesn't he doesn't even say hello when he gets out there i mean i love bob dylan but that's not could, a concert that could I that also remember be, as amazing. Could that also be the fact that, like, he's just, like, checked out at this point, right? Like, he's been doing it for so many years. I mean, like, he's just kinda he, like has the, <clears throat> he has the record for the longest single tour. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you stretch the word tour, this tour he's on now started in the 1980s. Yeah, I mean, you know, he just instead of doing different tours, he announced it as a different leg of the tour. So I, I think it's just also his reclusive image, anyways. But that doesn't add to a live performance for me. It could add to the enigma on an album. But mm-hmm. you know, like I saw his son, uh, Jacob Dylan, who mm-hmm. has a band called The Wallflowers uh, that were big in the '90s, and he was a much more entertaining performer. Not that I like his music more, but his performance was so much better. He talked to the audience. He bugged people, and you know, he bugged people who were sitting down. It was that was a more memorable experience. 
And I think that's really probably, I mean, Daniel Eck, the way he said it was that he made it sound like releasing constant music is the only way to engage with fans. But I mean, there are also so many about, social media this, outlets. It's not the way they engage with fans. That's how they could possibly make money. But like, again, it's, it's so annoying to hear people like that talk about, um, talk about like music and making music and streaming music and anything to do with music because they've never done it themselves. Yeah. I mean, the dangerous thing is when you start looking at art or music as a commodity that lowers the quality. I mean, both mm-hmm. of us have written stuff and that's not how it comes. You can't, you can't go, no, you can't just like, put stuff out. Yeah, You can't just there sit down things, and go, I'm going to write a song right now. Yeah. That doesn't no, there, there, there are things where like, there are things that I've written that I've literally thrown out in five minutes because I know it's <laughs> just pure garbage. And if that, that's the process that most people go yeah. through, right? Um, you, I mean, it's probably like one in every seven, one in every eight that you actually like something and you think it has potential and that may not even work out, right? You may put like two days, three days of work into that. And then that still might be like something you don't want to put out because even though you've worked a really long time, it's just not up to your own standard of like something you'd want to put. Cause at the end of the day, the label Although the label is technically putting their name on it, the name that everyone sees is the artist's name. So the name on the line always is the artist's name. The label may be like, oh, yeah, you can see our name on the back on this credits part right here, you know, the very bottom of the screen. But nobody's reading that. Come on. Everybody just sees the name up front and that's it. Yeah. And music I mean, out of everything, has the most um, what could be perceived as waste. I mean, if someone's writing something, like when I write, I only write what I'm going to use. I mean, I'm not going to. I. It's very rare that I would throw away a paragraph. Like if I've written a paragraph, it's probably ending up in something. But when I'm writing music, there are whole songs I've written where I've worked on them a little and, you know, I just give up on them. And same with, I mean, like, Tom Petty released an album called Wallflowers in the 90s that was, um, mm. you know, really, really well reviewed and produced by Rick Rubin. But when he originally gave it to the label, it was a double album. The label said, eh, a single album would sell better right now. And we are yet to actually see the second whole album worth of content that was fully produced and ready to be released. Like, there's so much that doesn't get out from people, even if it's stuff they like. That's sad. Yeah, they're currently trying to release. I think that his estate's getting stuff going because he, Tom Petty really wanted to get that out. Yeah. His death. So, I don't know, like, it's just not... I think it's so important when an album is viewed as an art form and as a cohesive unit. Yeah. Picasso doesn't put out 10 new paintings a year. He put out one new painting every 10 years. Yeah. And I mean, I I don't mean album as art to the level of Wu-Tang where nobody can hear it except one person. (laughs) I I mean, like you, you have to view it as this important expression, which I think a lot of people are embracing that now because and a lot of people in the industry don't understand the level that 
superior artists have to go to to really oh, yeah. fulfill their, their own aspirations. Because at the end of the day, people who are at the top of the game are at the top of the game for a reason. And the reason why they're at the top of the game is because they're not pleasing their audiences. They're pleasing themselves, right? Yes. There are plenty of artists who are just straight sellouts nowadays. And it's, it's, I mean, sure, their music may be all right. It may get you, like, you may listen to it for, like, a few months, maybe even a year. And then it'll it'll go away. You won't listen to that song yeah. ever again. I mean, you know, you have people like Kanye West who, I mean, everything. He's released so many albums that are the opposite of what his audience would want to hear. I mean, you know, him singing industrial production, uh, moving to Christianity. I mean, he he's someone who's truly helped music to develop, who doesn't, mm-hmm. who clearly does not care one bit about what his audience thinks yeah, about it. Yeah, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, he's going to edit stuff after it's been and, released. I mean, that's fine. That's, like, obviously, it can, you can't have it the way we want it. You're at the mercy of the artist. But at the end of the day, the artist is at the mercy of the label, which is why these guys work for themselves now, right? Uh, Kanye, Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick, and Jay-Z, all these guys are, aren't are signed to labels. And again, all these guys at one point or another were the best, if not still the best in the game. And I yeah. think the reason for that is because they made themselves only, the only people they had to report to was themselves because they were their own bosses. They started their own record yeah. labels. So they were in charge. Well, that um, creative freedom is so amazing for people. Yeah. I and mean, you have also have, like, Frank Ocean jumping ship from Def Jam with mm-hmm. Endless just to get out of that situation. And yeah, to get out of that contract. Even even yeah. Drake, he, Drake was signed to his mentor, Lil Wayne, um, and was signed to Cash Money, but he still got He still wanted out of that contract. He didn't want to be yeah. there because when a label is involved and you're not in charge of that label, they're going to restrict you no matter how much they love you, no matter how much you love them, they will still restrict you because they have to do what's best for the label at the end of the day. And what's best for the label may not always be what's best for you. I mean, it's profit. Yeah. And, you know, there's such a range of labels, like a lot that are known for being good to their artists or small independent ones. But mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, you're going to be told things like this isn't commercial enough or, you know, this is not OK to put out right now. I mean, especially in earlier music, there was an in- immense amount of censorship from mm-hmm. labels, like yeah. to the point where album covers like had things like toilets censored out of them, <laughs> like. For no reason. It's I wonder what they would a, think of uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, they'd they'd have an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be a good. They would go crazy. I mean, even on that lyrical content. I one mean, of my one of my ex- favorite albums of all time, right there. Oh yeah, man. Just I mean, because just of a, that cover, that cover just makes it everything. <laughs> and then they have some all the other covers from George Condo too that you can yeah. put on the vinyl release that are yeah. all really well but, done. But you know what cover I'm talking about. That cover. You know which cover Amazing. you're talking about. Uh, and, like, 
music's expanded so much that there's so much more expression people can have on their albums. I mean, you could not, if you tried to put out pretty much any rap song now in the early 60s, you know, ignoring the fact that they wouldn't understand what it was at all because (laughs) rap didn't exist then, Um, just the lyrical content, I mean... (laughs) There would be nothing that would actually make it through them, even on ones that aren't explicit, just because they wouldn't feel comfortable putting out some of the concepts. And I think it's a good thing that there's less censorship in music. Sure, it may get some things that offend people or are, um, you know, seen as inappropriate for kids to hear. But ultimately, you want as much as you can have out there because the can you know for the consumer doesn't like it they can choose not to listen to it yeah but yeah streaming I, is whack um spotify yeah. doesn't pay enough per stream i think we yeah. all know that um I, i'm pretty sure title actually pays the most which i think is interesting because i mean that's like, artist run i mean yeah i mean jay-z owns it so I guess there is benefit to signing to someone like Jay-Z who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. Right? Or like Jack So yeah, title title pays the second most next to Napster. I have no idea what Napster oh. is. And Napster was a online site just for sharing stuff mm-hmm. like for free. Yeah, that had a ton of music uploaded to it for people to download for free in the early 2000s, I think, and it got shut down. But now they're now the name's back as a streaming service. I think mostly in Europe. Interesting. So yeah, so so here in the U.S., Tidal pays the most um, at a penny, a penny per stream, basically 0.0125 per stream, and then Apple Music pays 0.007. Uh, Google Play pays 0.006, and then Spotify, for those of you wondering, pays 00318. So, yeah. Wow. Big money. <laughs> yeah, that's horrendous. Yeah. Wow. Definitely just to listen to a song is worth more than that to mm-hmm. a listener. So, yeah, and- if, you're, if you're an aspiring artist, go sign to my boy JC, please. <laughs> he'll get your money right yeah and so, then you can you can uh, use rock nation financial services as well so when we do it all man yeah they do everything for their artists which i think is kind of dope because they also have like a sport they have a financial management branch they have a sports management branch they have a music management branch and then they do it you all. know jay-z's at the top of the pyramid too so that's even better yeah it's great to see musicians starting organizations like that Mm because you're going to get that attention that's you know can only really happen from someone who has experience with creating things for sure so our next topic is um people being stupid Uh, again we talked about people being stupid before but this one these are people being very stupid yeah so our first instance of people being stupid is recently a bunch of, uh, I think it was a biking festival. People went, no social distancing. They're, these people are on top of each other. It looks like 
a concert would have looked like last year. Um, maybe even closer, depending on the venue. And it's these people risking their lives. Nobody wearing a mask. I think maybe one person in the picture for Smash Mouth. And they called it the Coronavirus Herd Immunity Fest. I mean, that's one, that's one of the other ones. There's so, so many stupid. other... That was... um. Static X is the band that played there. I don't even know what Static X is. Yeah, the Herd Immunity Festival. It was in Wisconsin, right? And last, in July, yeah. They quickly renamed it July Mini Fest after bands said they wouldn't play, but I don't think that changed anything. This this band who played, Static X, who played at this Herd Immunity Festival in Wisconsin, has a song called Wisconsin Death Trap. That most likely accurately describes the situation of people going there. But, yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things to me, these people, these big concerts that have happened, it's like Smash Mouth, Static X, Chainsmokers, people are risking their lives to see. It's not... And I think the most hilarious... Lives the, most, the most hilarious part about all this, aside from the fact that these bands suck, all right, I'm just thinking about the people who are going to end up seeing Kurt Cobain by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that's a better show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane. I mean, you have, like, the guy from Smash Mouth, their lead singer, um, shouting out, we're all here together tonight. F that COVID stuff. I'm not, I don't want to say it's exactly what he's saying, but, I mean, like, you know, He's just why are just saying that's not gonna make COVID go away. You gotta yeah. not be stupid like this. Hey, I mean, hey, don't undermine his ability to tell whole diseases to disappear. All right, I think I think if him and the president try it hard enough, it'll just go away. <laughs> okay. Oh, you just gotta keep. Well, I mean, I think the way to make things go away is to cover your eyes and not look at them. And, and then they're gone. <laughs> hey, just stop okay. reporting. The second we stop reporting is the second cases go away. Yeah. I mean, I just don't get these. I mean, you know, it, it, there are even people doing, like, drive-in gigs. And those make more sense. But, I mean, the only issue I have with those is how are you going to the bathroom? I've been to drive-in movie theaters. Those bathrooms are not nice. <laughs> but, I mean, Walmart's turning stuff into drive-in movie things why are people trying to do normal concerts and why are they not being stopped before they like actually yeah, why are they not being fined or something why are the venues even allowing them to book it? and why are bikers listening to smash mouth it's so incongruent to me why are they listening why is anyone listening to smash mouth <laughs> yeah this is gonna the real questions today <laughs> i mean it, <laughs> It's, it's just insane to me. Like, of all the things to risk your life for, you could, like, you know, there are a lot of things that I think people can risk their lives for, you know, where it makes sense. You could, like, you know, family, friends, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. keeping food, stuff water. safe, food, water, essentials. Maybe, you know, maybe if some someone rose from the dead and did a performance, you know? Yeah. But, like, there are no bands, like, it's not worth dying. 
to see any band. It's definitely not worth dying to see any of these bands that have been doing these shows here. It's just, it's, I, I do not get it. And people always confuse me with these stupid things they do. And that's not the only stupid thing that's been going on. We got, uh, we got more. Amid all that is going on, I know that our local school district started school yesterday, uh, first day of school yesterday for everyone in our district. And it's all online, so kids are sitting at home very safely, you know? Yeah. Uh, but in Georgia, it's a very, very, very different story. You see, in Georgia, legislators thought it was a smart idea to keep schools open, and not only to keep schools open, but to not practice social distancing. And not only to not practice social distancing, but also to not require the wearing of masks or any sort of other form of protective measures you could take during a pandemic. And uh, you know what this has caused? This has caused not only in Georgia, but across the U.S. for 100,000 students. Let me say that again. 100,000 students in the last two weeks have tested positive for coronavirus. It's insane. I mean, you have photos coming out of packed hallways in Georgia schools. And, and the kids who are taking those photos are getting suspended because the districts yeah. don't want people finding out that they're not requiring their students to wear masks. Man, I see no masks in this picture. And these people, this hallway is more packed than any hallway I've ever been in in a school. Exactly. Now, back to Georgia real quick. Um, Cherokee County School District, uh, which has more than 1,100 students started school on August 3rd, and as of Tuesday, had 60 positive cases in two weeks. Mm. Another, the the state's largest school district, which is Gwinnett County uh, School District, had 263, 263 confirmed cases as of August 5th. As of August 5th. Fifth, meaning only two days after school had started, they began virtually. Uh, they began virtual school yesterday, so at least they switched. Yeah, I mean the doors hadn't even opened yet in Gwinnett, and these employees are being quarantined. I mean, I think that's a strong testament to. Yeah. I mean. It, it just doesn't make sense to me that a lot of these schools are across trying to be open, especially state, ones like elementary schools. I yeah, mean, across the state, there were 2,000 cases, and this was teachers, administrators, staff, and students. 2,000 cases in a, a week and a half is just sad. And to your point about elementary kids, elementary school don't matter. Keep yeah, your kids at home. I mean, homeschool them, I mean, please, for one a- year. Just homeschool them. Not even one year, one semester. I don't know. It's so weird how people are. And, like, I get it. Seniors, I get it. Um, You're not alone in this because uh, if you didn't know, basically a third of my senior year was also taken from me. But suck it up, please. 
stop stop complaining about not having homecoming or something like that. All right, I didn't have my prom, and no, I'm we totally didn't have fine. our prom. I'm one thousand percent okay. I feel like I. High school is not don't gonna. Feel like I missed out much. Yeah, homecoming and prom are not more important than your health. Okay, yeah. you need a wise. You need you need to just get smart. All right. Take not dying over those events yeah. any day. Stop being stupid. Stop being an emotional high schooler, and just get it together, and realize that you getting you getting COVID is not worth you having Hoko. Okay, I don't care. Yeah. I love football. I love football so much that I would wear a hazmat suit to go to a Cowboys game. All right, I would wear a hazmat suit just to go to a Plano East football game, but I'm not, you know, like crying about the fact that football isn't happening. Yeah, I mean, I think people need to try to make the most out of this extra time. Because even during the school year, if virtual, you are getting some level of extra time. Just cheat. (laughs) Like, seriously, like, there was that viral video about um, from last spring, and it was like a dad and his daughter... And she was, like, crying because she failed this quiz. And he was like, how did you fail? You could have cheated. And she was like, I did cheat. (laughs) He was like, you failed and you cheated. She was like, yes. And And just to (laughs) clarify. Like, what? I mean, just to clarify for listeners, this is um, humor. We're, We're not advocating academic dishonesty but i mean like it's just it's gonna be hard for schools to stop things like that yeah it's so that's gonna add some interesting elements to the year especially among high schools and i mean like come on it's your senior year like enjoy it and you're gonna be like oh how do i enjoy it like that's more of a reflection on the person than the situation about other people it's on you like be optimistic yeah like i i'm supposed to be in london right now i'm not even supposed to be in the country and i'm still like chilling yeah you know Crazy times. I think that brings us to our next topic. <laughs> crazy times call for crazy shoes, right? Yeah. $3.6 million. That's, 3.6 That's a lot of money. Million. That's a lot of money for anybody. And fake Dior Nike Air Jordan 1s were seized in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I think that's hilarious because there's not a single place that online or in store that I know of that are selling fake Dior Jordan ones. So I want to know why all of these were in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, these shoes were $2,000 to get officially. The real ones. The, the, real. the real ones, not the fake ones. Yeah, uh, I don't fake know ones you can get for like $170. Yeah, but these shoes, they're not even that unique, really. No, they're not. And like, I've been saying this, and it might be an unpopular opinion, they're nice, but they're not Dior nice. They're not two thousand dollar Dior nice. They just aren't. The the box and the accessories that came with the shoes are nicer than the actual shoes. 
Dior did a, a lackluster job at designing these. Literally, the only Dior detailing on it is the Dior on top of the air on the tongue tab, and then obviously the Nike check. And I think it's the most useless collab that I've ever seen. I think that there's just so much less of Dior's actual input on design and just recycling something that's yeah. been there with adding a logo. Like, buy a pair of Zoom Racer 1s, print out that Dior uh, check <laughs> pattern, right? Print it out on a piece of paper and glue it onto your Zoom Racers, and boom, <laughs> you got $250 Dior Jordan 1s, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not, it, it's just not worth your money at all Um, so don't spend your money on getting these for resale so i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad that they caught 3.6 million dollars of fake actually i'm glad that they caught i'm glad that they caught four and a half million dollars worth of fake sneakers in general uh i appreciate that because as a sneakerhead uh we don't like them fakes but i mean that just if you bought a pair of Fake Dior Jordan ones, I don't blame you. I really don't. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm right there with you because I'm not paying 12K for that piece of crap. I mean, and it's amazing because last year, Homeland Security Agency seized more than $37 million worth of counterfeit goods. That was in Cali, right? Um, I sure just mean like... total overall. Okay. There was like a big bus, I want to say, off the coast of California, and it was a shipment coming from China, and I thought that was amazing. Uh, Well, the crazy thing with this, though, I mean, you have that's the total amount. These Dior's that were Mm -hmm. that's about ten percent of the amount they seized total last year in just Dior Jordan. Yeah, in just Dior Jordan ones. Yeah. I mean, that's not even... They had more different shoes in that ship. That shipment was actually $4.3 million in fake sneakers, including Yeezy and other brands. So the fakes that I've seen from China, right? These Dior Jordan 1 fakes. And uh, for those of you who like fake shoes, uh, hit up DHgate, hit up eCrater. They're both China sites. They make really high-quality fakes. I don't wear any fakes, but uh, if you if that's your type of thing, go for it. But on those websites, using those as a resource, they are selling fake Dior Jordan ones for about 170 US. So if you divide 3.6 million dollars by that 170 price tag, you're looking at something like 20,000 pairs of Dior Jordan ones. Imagine yeah. the like trucking like thing that this came in and like how many bins they would have had to find filled with pairs. Twenty thousand pairs of shoes. Yeah. Sounds like my dream. Flash shoes. <laughs> twenty thousand pairs. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do with twenty thousand pairs actually. With 20,000 pairs of shoes, you could wear a different pair every day for 55 years. That's insane. That's that's, that's, crazy, that's ridiculous. Uh, and 
I think it's just funny with the shipment. These people got real creative when labeling. Their 60 boxes were labeled Ball Golf. Nice. I mean, who who actually ships stuff with a name like that? So, yeah, people, my Dallas people, my Texas people overall, watch out for them fake Jordan, fake Dior Jordan ones. Um, don't get scammed. Don't be paying resale prices for those. Please uh, keep it, keep yeah. it. Keep it out of the market. Keep it out of the market. I mean, they even look like the they even the, the color schemes. You know, not the same, but very similar even to the Nike Air Jordan One Tokyos that came out a few days mm-hmm. ago. And yeah. those are retailing at like, you know, right, you yeah, can get you it for two seventy five or like right now. You want that silver or like that gray color? There are so many Jordans you could you have to pick from. Um, Dior should have made it more special. Yeah, I would have liked to see what they could do. Yeah, it was just a, they just did a bad job. Yeah. That, we also found a very weird thing on the internet for all of you this week. And yeah. this is not a purchase suggestion, I would like to clarify. People are going to hate on Jeff Bezos even more. No. Yeah, men's so, the richest drug dealer in the world. <laughs> so GHB is making a comeback as a among a whole new generation of people who want party drugs. Yeah, and this thing has been sold on a. It's not local community selling now. It's massive online marketplaces. Amazon. Even Amazon has had GHB sold on it, which is insane to me that that could even happen. But, I mean, there are people who are, I know there was a mother-son duo who said they were a cleaning supply company. And they, you know, they got with that and were able to purchase large amounts of BDO, which is very similar to GHB. But I mean, on Amazon, this company called um, Right Price Chemicals has been selling BDO as if it's a cleaning supply. But it marks it as an organic reagent and heavy-duty cleaner with multiple at-home uses, although the DEA maintains it has no household applications, and they're much pricier than heavy-duty cleaning supplies. I mean, about $15 of stuff that can actually clean, that same size is about $100 of BDO. And then law enforcement actually caught them, right? Yeah, I think that's gone now um, Yeah. Uh, from there. I mean, you know, people had legal disclaimers on there saying not for human consumption. Well, mm-hmm. overpricing it because it's clearly for human consumption. <laughs> um, yeah, so, oh, actually, here I found it. So they pleaded not guilty, and they're attesting that they only distributed it for legitimate legal purposes. If they get convicted, they face a minimum of 20 years in federal prison. They, the DEA found 2,200 gallons of BDO, which is the chemical used, um, and also seized $300,000 in cash. So... It may not just be Amazon that these people are using. They may be 
just like dealing in the neighborhood too. Yeah. So kind of crazy. That's that's pretty much crazy. It's Amazon. And this is like this is like not these aren't this this isn't your parents like GHB right? This is this is your grandparents GHB right? This stuff been around forever. Um. Like this is like something that like Woodstock would be like. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um, just just get your drugs from a regular place, please. Don't go to Amazon. Again, some people know Shabazz means prescription drugs that doctors say you need. Yeah, CVS pharmacy, bro. Yeah, I mean, just uh, why why are people buying those all things off Amazon? Why are people buying GHB anyways? It's a weird world. I mean, weird. It's a world that makes Kid Cudi very happy, though. <laughs> I mean, it's also a world that breeds conspiracy theories, like the one we found for this week. Would you like to introduce it, Shavaz? Yeah. So, apparently, there is a 12th planet. All right? This planet is called Nibiru. Now, what the Nibiru cataclysm is, is apparently there's this big planet called Nibiru, all right, and it's a doomsday planet. It's also been referred to as Planet X, so you may have heard of it like that. But this was first put forward in 1995, all right, and I want want y'all to know that Nibiru is supposed to collide or at least get very close to the point to get very close to earth to the point where it'll like kind of earth and nibiru will merge into this like super planet all right and it'll obviously you know it's the whole destroy all life on earth and yada 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 anyways it was proposed in 1995 now nibiru is supposed to hit earth in May 2003. And then they postponed when the planet was oh, supposed they, to run into it. They put out a formal postponement. They put it out there like a, a planet album, man. So, so, they, I'm just imagining someone telling a planet, no, 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 not this year. Come, come this time. Yeah, we're not, we're not ready yet. So they postponed it. To 2012, right? Because, you know, 2012, the world's supposed to end and all this stuff, right? And then the world didn't end in 2012. So what did they do again? They told Nibiru, wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Come again, but in like five years. Give us like another five years, all right? Yeah. Come hit us in five years. So the last prediction was supposed to be for the 23rd of September in 2017, and it didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> so now we're just kind of chilling. Um, and so astronomers obviously tried looking into it, tried to see what these people were looking at, right? Because these people claim they had all this evidence and uh, everything about that there is another planet and NASA's just hiding it. Then why is it taking so long for them to be like, yo, this is this is fake, like this isn't real. So scientists did finally um, reject the theory that there even is another planet, and uh, most of the, most 
photos in our solar system that show Nibiru, apparently, are just lens flares that the sun's uh, solar flares have caused through reflections and all the science jibber-jabber, you know? So Nibiru doesn't exist, and uh, (laughs) people are just stupid, and yeah. There's more stupid people. we got a lot of stupid people on this episode. Yeah. So apparently it's like, there. there is, however, a, uh, um, a variable star, which has what NASA calls an echo. Um, and what a variable star means is it's a very small star that, um, it's actually, like, really pretty. If y'all want, look up Nibiru on Wikipedia. It's kind of amazing. Um, but basically, a variable star is a star whose brightness um, from Earth fluctuates. And so what scientists believe is that Nibiru is just a variable star with a light echo, which means that it creates this aura of light around it that makes it seem like it's much bigger mass than it actually is. And uh, when you look at it through a telescope, it kind of looks like a brown dwarf planet. So scientists have... They haven't called these people fully crazy, but we know these people are fully crazy. It's just sad that people believe this stuff. So, I mean, really, if you want to believe a conspiracy theory, pick a better one. Pick one that can't be proven wrong with, you know... Science. Yeah, like a telescope. (laughs) Yeah. Just go really far out there to the, like full bits of illogic that nobody you know get to that level of illogical that nobody can disprove you no matter what they say then i think you're set all right so as always we got our weekly 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 wrap-up so basically today what we want you to know is that Nobody pays artists enough and don't expect a good album to come out every year from your favorite artist if they're forced to put out music every year. Uh, Number two, people are stupid, so don't associate with stupid people and wear a mask, please. Number three, if you bought fake Dior Jordan ones, I understand your cause, but they're probably not coming. Um, And don't buy your drugs on Amazon. And Nibiru is a planet that's going to come kill us all. So have fun with that.